welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 11, Episode 4, titled Trump the Rusical. My name is Joe Batance, and I am joined, as always, by one tenacious co-host. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say hello, hello, hello to Taylor the Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Uh... No, Taylor, stop. We have a lot to get to today. We don't have time for your nonsense. <laughs> I know. There's a lot to handle. And the podcast, too. This week, the girls don their best quick Rachel Maddow drag and fail miserably in a different kind of reading challenge. For the maxi challenge, the girls lip-synced and danced through Trump, the rusical. Brooklyn Heights showed off her dance moves, while Raja was called out for exaggerating her dancing experience. Silky is both a Republican and user of office products. Nina was harassed in college, and Mercedes Iman Diamond finally admits that she's a Muslim. Ginger Minge made a guest appearance as Donald Trump, and Silky Ganache finally got the love she's been seeking from Mama Rue. Raja O'Hara and Mercedes Iman Diamond were in the bottom two, but in the end, Mercedes had her name taken off the list and told to fly, 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 take the latte boy, name two things you liked about the episode, and one thing you did not. Okay, two things, not to tip my hand, I love the color orange. Okay. It's one of my all-time favorite colors. Sure. So I was very excited when she when she announced the category is tonight mm-hmm. for tonight's episode, um, or last night's episode rather. I also feel like for a show that is as manufactured as it can be, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about a particular scene that was so ridiculous uh, later on. The mirror moments between Mercedes and Mercedes mirror moment and Nina's mirror moment seemed very genuine. Mm-hmm. And seemed very I I appreciated I appreciated both of them talking a little bit. You and I had talked on a previous episode that the week that she really kind of talks about being Muslim, she's going home. Mm-hmm. So between that and not knowing who Ivanka Trump was, it was very like, oh <laughs> when she started talking about it, I'm like, well, I don't have to watch the end of the episode because I know it was probably leaving. Well, I think um, the biggest tell was too when they squeezed in for no reason that whole thing about how she loves goats. Remember she talked about she loved Oh, God, go- yeah. And I was like, about- wow, they really squeezed that in. Because you know, they were like, oh, we got to use this footage. Yeah. <laughs> um, we don't know where else to put it. Yeah, like Miss Fame and the Chicken. Yeah. Um, let's see. Something I did not like. It was. It felt like it was a very full episode mm-hmm. and nothing. It, there was, it was a whole lot of nothing, Yeah, I guess. No, you know what? I, I didn't like the I didn't like the rusical. I, yeah, I thought that the Rusical was at one point I said I was watching like, oh, my God, just be done. Yeah, <laughs> like it long. just felt like it went on way, way too long. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this question, because I don't know if it, I, the way the question I have for you. I don't know if we'll ever get to it in the show, because usually by the time we get to that point in the show, I just want to get off the fucking show is <laughs> what were your thoughts? Because this is a big controversial part of the episode. But what were what were your thoughts on Joel McHale and his thing with Michelle Visage? Uh, I think that, uh, yeah, I I don't know. There was part of me that if he had done it a couple of times, it it felt very much like he was trying to do a bit, mm-hmm. though she didn't really understand that he was doing a bit. But then by the end, I think she was she was okay with it. But I mm-hmm. think they were trying to make it out in the beginning like it was a you're being disrespectful to these girls, which is so ironic because it's Michelle, but. 
he was a little, I don't know if it was, he was uncomfortable with this or he thought it was going to be funnier than it was. The funniest part of that at one point is when she says under breath, she goes, Jesus Christ. I mean, that was the funniest part of him doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there was a moment where she said, stop looking at me. But it, I don't know. It was, it was dumb. It was really kind of dumb. I've seen a lot of uh, talk online about this. It's one of these things where, look, he is. I am not a fan of. Uh, how do I put this? Like the fact to me, I mean, from what I know, Joel McHale, he's very progressive. And I'm being honest with you, the way I found out about RuPaul's Drag Race was on the soup. Yeah. Like, I didn't know it existed. I used to watch The Soup, and he would play clips from the show, and I was like, well, what is this show? I need to watch it. So, and this is during season one. So, the way I found the show was from The Soup. I think Joel, at least the way I do, I can't speak for you, inherently sees the humor in, in the show. Uh, which I think, that's the thing, is we have to remember, RuPaul's Drag Race, the show, used to have a sense of humor about itself. It doesn't have that sense. It's kind of lost that sense of humor about itself. Yeah. But it used to be very... Um, it used to have a very fun. It used to be very funny about itself and self. Not when they self-deprecating so much as realize sort of the idea of it was kind of funny because it used mm-hmm. to be a parody of uh, Top Model and Run- Project Runway, right? And I think that as a straight man, he he's obviously very familiar with the show from the years of being on the Soup, and he knows about it, and he obviously agreed to be on the show. And I think he was showing his the way a straight man does shows his enthusiasm for the show. And I think there is a part bit where he's it, it it look, I have a show now called The Pit Crew. Soon to be it's actually technically available everywhere if you're listening. It's on Spotify now and it's on Pocket Casts. I'm just waiting for the day it's on iTunes to to fully promote it. But the point I'm making is that uh that the idea of the pit crew is looking at RuPaul's drag race through the eyes of straight men. And Joel McHale is reacting, and I think he's almost making... not. To, it's so funny, because it's such a dumb joke, and I'm putting so much thought into it. But it's almost like he is doing a parody of the way a straight guy would react to a competition series, like the way it is, right? He's like, yeah, right? And mm-hmm. and I think, like, like, I think I do this too. He saw... He probably did it genuinely once or twice, and then uh-huh. clocked that it was annoying Michelle, so then he yeah. did it specifically to annoy Michelle, which yeah. made me... Oh, laugh. no, it was clear he was doing it by the end to annoy her. Yeah. But, but what I would say is this, is because someone make the argument, and here's a straight man coming into a gay space and, you know, ejaculating his straightness all over the room. But then... How would you feel if RuPaul went on Joe Rogan's podcast and there was – and Joe Rogan's nice to him, but there's some side guy who's like – and RuPaul's going like, oh, and, you know, what's the tea? And uh-huh, girl. And he's doing all his RuPaulisms. Mm-hmm. And the other guy's like, oh, Jesus Christ. We would be up in arms. Oh, my God. Yeah. Can you believe this person did that? Yada, yada, yada. How rude. Blah, 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 blah. It's the same thing here. Clearly, Joel McHale was having fun with it. Joel McHale wouldn't have agreed to be on the show if he was anti-gay or anti-drag. He wasn't making no, fun I, of no, the No, I'm not suggesting that he's anti-gay. No, 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 no. no, no. I'm, I'm addressing the fans who've talked on Reddit. Well, and I think that you also have that this is kind of some of us maybe 
feeling our own stuff. We may be Hector projector Mm -hmm. right now with some things, because when you consider it like last week you had, or in the last weeks, we've had Bobby Moynihan straight man. We've had, uh, uh, Guillermo Diaz. He's gay man. No, Guillermo Diaz is gay. Guillermo Diaz is gay. Yes. Oh, he is Mm -hmm. openly gay. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Sure is Taylor. Oh well, <laughs> that well, does that change? I'm gonna thing? have to go back and look through his oeuvre of film that a little. Yeah, bit more. all of a sudden now it's just like wow. <laughs> okay, okay, but when you picture somebody like Bobby Moynihan, who yeah. is another straight yes. male host that they've had? Uh huh. Okay, I'm asking you: Is there somebody else that you could think of off the top of your head that identifies as heterosexual? This season? Any season? Gosh, I'm not Evan. Evan, we have like 20 people for you right now. Right. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. But when you, okay. So compare Bobby to mm-hmm. Joel. Both were excited to be on the show or both had the perception of being excited. But like when, when Kahana did the flip and Bobby made the, like, oh my God, sort of thing. Whereas Joel comes off as kind of bro y. Mm-hmm. Joel kind of comes off as that where this big, muscular, tall, you know. Is Joel we're, hot we're, to you? Is Joel McHale hot to you? Joel's kind of hot. Okay, Joel's ahead. kind of hot. He he was on Community, which was a great show, and he had his shirt off a lot, and I was okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's but he's he's kind of smarmy, mm-hmm. so he's that smarmy bro. I think I'm better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Whereas Bobby Moynihan was there for, you know, he was super excited to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm almost wondering if part of that is those of us that maybe we're feeling some stuff about some shit that maybe happened to us in the past. And we're projecting it onto Joel acting the fool, but doing it in a way that he was trying. He It wasn't that I don't think he was trying to make fun of the girls. Mm-hmm. I think it was exactly what you said. He realized that he was getting under her skin, Michelle's yeah. skin, decided he was going to just keep doing it. Yeah, look, I also appreciate someone bringing something else to the show other than like, Orange, you're glad you came to see me? Or some horrible, yeah. dumb pun, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I could see her navel, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, all right. So there we go. Okay, let's move on. After Honey's elimination, the girls walk back into the work room, clearly upset. The girls sit on the couch and share their feelings about how shocked they were about last night's elimination. Sugar, in particular, is really upset. During the confessional, Silky has some advice for the girls. Step yo pussies up. The next day, RuPaul walks into the workroom to announce this week's mini challenge. Why you Maddow, though? The girls have to get into Rachel Maddow quick drag and read some tongue twisters on a teleprompter in their best Rachel Maddow impression. The girls had trouble with some of the words. (laughs) Some? Yeah, we'll go over those words in a second. At the end of the day, Scarlet Envy was named the winner of the challenge. Next, RuPaul announced this week's maxi challenge, Trump the Rusical, in the style of the musical Grease. Each of the girls will play an important woman from the universe of Donald Trump. As the winner of the mini challenge, Scarlet was tasked with assigning the roles. Uh, You know what? Let's stop here. I had a discussion point later, but I want to stop here. Let's talk about the mini challenge, actually. What was your take on the mini challenge? I feel it'll get buried if I keep going. What was your take on the mini challenge? The mini challenge was, uh, I liked that it was something different. Mm-hmm. I, I uh, let me start by saying that and i liked the fact that it kind of had them where everybody looked relatively the same they all had the same wig they all had the same um i appreciate the fact that rachel maddow filmed something that was you know kind of like when elton john did the one time mm-hmm. um 
it felt a little like they were making fun of them because some of them aren't very bright. <laughs> it was shocking how many of them couldn't read. Yeah. It was, it was, it, it actually made like in the beginning, it was funny, but then the more you realize that like the word kernel, yeah, that nobody could pronounce the word kernel. And also, is that fair to little... someone? Is that fair to someone who's not a native speaker like Mercedes and Plastic Tiara? Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, that could have really gone, that, that could have gone really, really bad. Um, yeah, like Mercedes didn't seem to know most of the things that she was saying, but then, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of the other ones that, are were born and raised here didn't necessarily know a lot of the words too there was one word that everybody seemed to keep getting stuck on that i can't well, remember here, the, here are the words that they were strip they were tripping up on there was ginormous mm-hmm. good god get a grip girl examination for some reason maybe just given the context of the sentence and directing sophisticated they had trouble with uh alleged smuggling and then obviously the word kernel some people on Reddit were claiming that Silky Ganache knew how to say the word kernel and that she was faking not knowing how to say it for the cameras. I don't know what evidence they have for this. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe perhaps just out of context because she recognized that it was related to KFC. And she even said KFC instead of – so she's like, well, if you figured out that it's KFC, then wouldn't you know it's Colonel Sanders? Maybe that was yeah. magic. So maybe they were told to play it up. I don't know. If you don't know how to say a word, mm-hmm. go with it. It's, it's uh, I, I mean, it was, I could see it, them doing something like this in the future for a future, th- but I almost want to say, know that everybody knows at least general reading skills. And they could have also been doing a thing we don't know, uh, that they were um, uh, putting the, they could have been doing, if, if a girl was reading too well, they could have been doing a thing where they made the, the teleprompter go faster. To, in yeah. hopes of tripping up. We don't know. We just saw one constant. We don't know that was the one that they that they actually saw. All right, let's move on. Uh, in the workroom, the girls read the script and talk about who would be perfect for which roles. Scarlett chooses Betsy DeVos for herself. Mercedes wants the lead role of Shandy, but the girls seem hesitant that she can handle it. Instead, Scarlett offers the role to Ariel, who said she wants to play Ivanka, but Scarlett insists on Ariel as Shandy. Raja snags Omarosa for herself, while Evie oddly takes Kellyanne Conway. Scarlett casts Mercedes as Ivanka Trump, and in the confessional, Mercedes admits that she know, knows nothing about Ivanka. Silky wants Shady, but instead she's cast as Oprah, which upsets Silky because she says she's been in the background, which that was funny, the whole time. <laughs> Taylor, I'll tell you, boy, your thoughts on uh, the whole workroom casting thing? Did you think the girls were cast appropriately? Yes, I thought I thought that even before Rue said and Scarlett, very good job on casting this week. I mm-hmm. thought that she picked people that, for the most part, I mean, given what she had, she picked people that it really made sense why she linked them with the character. Um, I think if you had seen some folks that, you know, I'm, like I'm, I'm imagining like Nina as Kellyanne Conway, that wouldn't have made any sense. Yeah. But, you know, when you've kind of got this big healthy gal mm-hmm. um, who clearly has comedy skills, then yeah, you're obviously going to give her Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Yes. The, for the most part, the casting was pretty good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then also didn't she didn't take the yeah Silky as Oprah was really smart and uh, yeah some really good casting choices there. I didn't get the whole thing about they they kept talking about that Shandy 
the role that Ariel had was supposed to be the biggest part. I didn't really see her in well, it a whole lot. That's the fault of the people playing her. But as, as people have pointed out online, it's like, why is everyone shocked, including Silky? You should want the 40-second role because historically in these rusicals, that really small role is the scene stealer, i.e. Black China. Yeah. I.e., I don't remember who it was in Farmer Rusical, but usually that short little role has a big moment to themselves and it often wins the challenge, i.e., yeah. Silky, i.e., Shea Coulee. You know, right. so you should actually want that 40 second breakout role uh, rather than fight it. The most line doesn't mean always necessarily that you're going to win. Uh, okay. Uh, during RuPaul's table visits with different parts of the cast, Brooke revealed that she's a trained dancer, Silky Ganache is a registered Republican, and that Raja also claims to be a trained dancer as well. That was pre- The table visits were pretty uneventful. Did you have any thoughts, Taylor, on, uh, uh, Silky being a registered Republican? Well, I want to talk about the table visits, because yeah. there was a, there was a poor editing choice or something right before Ru walks up to the second table. Uh-huh. I can't remember who it is. I want to say it's Evie yeah. turns to Nina and it's clear. They said, pretend you're having a conversation. So she turns around oh. and says something like, and that's what I'm going to do. Like, I mean, it's just this really bad moment where you're like, okay, if they, if they had gone three seconds before they would have said, and action, yeah. you know, it's sort of like, it was equivalent of when you see people having conversations in the backgrounds of sitcoms mm-hmm. where they tell them just pretend to have a conversation and, you know, mm-hmm. dip your tea bag in the mug and all that kind of stuff. It was, it felt very, very forced and again, took away from the illusion. Um, when they cut to the commercial saying, we're Silky going, actually, I'm a registered Republican. Babalu turned to me and goes, why would she admit that on TV? He goes, now now nobody's going to like her. And I'm like, you've been watching this show long enough to know that that's a complete misdirect. It's a lie. Everything is a lie. Right. And she's going to have something happen where she's going to say, Rue, I'm just kidding, or something like yes, that. Yes. So Silky has shown, lover or hater, Silky has shown that she appears to be a very intelligent person. Yes. And she is the playing, she's playing the long game by registering as a Republican because then she can, if I understood it correctly, it changes gerrymandering within her within her territory. Yeah. But also she can she gets to vote in primaries and maybe vote for somebody that's not as strong as the strongest contender. Mm-hmm. You know, so it makes sense to a degree. Mm-hmm. But the way that they did that, I mean, the way they did that, I can't imagine being in a bar and hearing that where over where it says in the closed captioning, actually, Rue, I'm a registered Republican and what that could have what that would have done to the to the bar. Well, we'll ask on the rumor mill because George and Evan see the show together at a bar. So we'll okay. sure to ask that question now. Yeah, they they constantly as I you know I've, I don't think you and I have talked about it as much. It's something that Jay and I, con- Jay Ellis and I, after Buzz TV's Jay Ellis and I, constantly laugh about are how those those uh, teasers out to commercial are always just one hundred percent lies. In fact, I noticed one. I clocked one to last night as well. When they're going right before they do Trump the Rusical, they show Joe McHale going like, "Yeah, yeah," and he's the only one clapping with the implication being that it went poorly. Yes. And they, the, the judges panel loved it completely. Well, now yeah. we'll discuss whether we love it, but I was like, they just, they just straight up lie. They just lie on those shows. And so never, ever, ever believe anything that goes out to commercial. All right. Next, the girls are on the main stage with choreographer Giannis Marshall. Brooke shows off her dancing skills. Scarlett is messy. Silky is confused. Akuria keeps messing up. Evie has Ellers download 10 from type 3. 
And Ariel gives up. Okay, I actually have a lot to say about this rehearsal, but before we do me ranting and raving, or not even actually heaping a lot of praise, actually, Taylor, I want your thoughts on uh, this rehearsal. Well, I like that it wasn't Todrick. Yes. I was I was pleased to see it wasn't Todrick. However, this Yaris guy, Yaris Marshall. Giannis. Giannis. Sorry. Um, I've seen many of his videos on YouTube. Oh, you have? I've never seen them. Oh, yeah. No, he... he he whole thing. He okay. Here is pretty much all of his videos. I can tell you what all of his videos are. He has a dance studio someplace, and it's him. And usually he has two backup dancers. Oh, wait, are they the one to do the Beyond to the Single Ladies? Yes. Oh, okay. I've seen yeah. his stuff. Okay, yes. And it's always a bunch of like tweens all sitting on the floor around him, screaming every time he does something. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they all take turns doing a dance move, and every. But, it, but it's it's all, all this where like the camera kind of pans back and forth, and he's got this like crowd around him all watching him in his mm-hmm. in his dance studio and that, that sort of stuff. Um, and he is looks like he would be really really cute if he took a bath. Like he, there's something about him that just kind of he looks kind of greasy to me. Mm-hmm. That's it's. Uh. However, and he not however, and he also seems to kind of do the same dance moves all the time. Like it's more about the heels than it is about the dance. Mm-hmm. Like he wants to show you how well he can dance in heels and how much he can pop down to the ground and then jump back up and kind of like feel his legs and kind of bend over and be all that kind of seductive and like arches, arches calves and that kind of stuff, stuff that I can't do. So, mm-hmm. you know, good on, good on Yanis. Um, it felt on the one hand, he was kind of Todrick light is trying kind of trying to be bitchy with them. But on the other hand, they all seem to be having, for the most part, they all seem to be having a good time with it and kind of giving it back to him. Cause maybe he, they weren't as threatened. Most of them weren't as threatened as they would be working with Todrick. So in that regard, I appreciated that, but there were times that he said things that I thought to myself, that's not really necessary. But when Evie did the thing where she said, I can't fall to the ground because it could knock my knees out and all that kind of stuff. I appreciate the fact that he said, well, you got to take care of you. And it wasn't, I feel like if Todrick was standing there, Todrick would have been like, well, then girl, I guess you don't want the crown. Yeah. (laughs) Todrick would have said something like that. You're right. Yeah. It's horrible. Todrick Hall. Yeah. yeah. I really like Todrick. And I I used to really like Todrick. And now that I've got your voice in my head anytime they say, and you'll be doing choreography with Todrick Hall. I can hear you go, uh, this Todrick Hall. <laughs> oh, and I He's hate so him. extra. He I wants hate... to be so extra. I know. I, it really bothers me. Why can't I have mutual friends with cool people? Like, why do I have mutual <laughs> friends with Todrick Hall and Felicity Huffman? <laughs> it's, like, it's like God plays a joke on me. You right. Know? So, uh, anyway, uh, look. I actually really like Yanis Marshall. I've seen that Beyonce video. I've seen a couple of his videos. Um, I think maybe his style really blends well with what you would expect a drag queen to choreograph like. I like that he expected them to be at a certain level. Um, you know, he was, he did say bitchy, cunty, mean things to them, but I felt there was that twinkle in his eye that you could tell he wasn't being a total bitch. You know, the, the difference is, well, that's, that's kind of what I said. Yeah. The difference is, I think he did it, and this may be because it was the first time, and this was sort of an audition for him too, mm-hmm. of where he's like, I have an opportunity to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to have fun with it. I'm going to, you know, I have a job. I'm going to do the job. It feels like with Todrick, Todrick is just waiting for the day that he yes. can replace Michelle. Yes. 
Yes. And or Carson or yeah, Ross. Carson and, or and Ross, he, more likely. Yeah, he is. He is in a constant level of I am just. I I have to show that I can throw shit at these girls and be a cunt about it. Lucian used to do the same thing. Lucian used to do the same thing, and just like Todrick, it was annoying. Yeah, where Lucian would just be sort of a cunt just for no reason whatsoever because like they, they they messed up a line. And I was like, meanwhile, you do a show, with a, you do music with RuPaul who can't carry. She couldn't carry a tune if it yeah. life depended on it. Right? They, that her stuff is so auto tuned. It's not even. It's unbelievable how much and she and yeah. So, um, but meanwhile, like someone messes, someone says "welcome" and they're booted off the show, you know. Right. So, uh, yeah, and so, but this guy seemed he he didn't seem like he. It seemed like he. You're right. It seemed like he was engaged with the girls, and the camera was irrelevant when he was doing it. Whereas Todrick seems like he is always aware of the camera and performing for the producers. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I really like them. I, I think they should bring them back. And also, I'll be honest with you, I mean, that's why I always liked, who was the other choreographer? Jamal Sims. I always liked him, too. I felt Jamal was the same way, too, as as um, Giannis Marshall. Like, yeah. uh, just more, he, he wanted to have good choreography, and he was really in making the girls, like, he was like a real choreographer who wanted to make it work with the girls. Uh, some of these other queens, either they're basic white twinks who are just boring like mayonnaise and I, I couldn't even tell you who they were remember there was there were the boyfriends that, that choreographed i couldn't tell you who they were the boyfriends yeah and remember there were these two boyfriends yeah exactly they were so boring like oh travis wall and um i don't remember his boyfriend the only reason i know travis wall's name is that uh taffy my co-host her daughter loved travis wall and got to take like dance clinics with him and, and all that sort of stuff back when she was 15 it's elimination day, and the girls are. Oh, what did you think of this uh, Evie Oddly and her joints and the and oh, wait, wait, how embarrassing for Raj to say I have dance experience and literally dance about the same level that I could dance. <laughs> well, now we have to have our first video podcast of you doing all the dances. I'll do it right now. <laughs> I'll do it right now. What What do you want me to do? I don't know. I was. It was a joke. What's this? What was the song that they they danced to? I don't know. Trump the musical. Which you know what? Here's the deal. I want to. Well, we'll talk about that in terms of school. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say save that, yeah, yeah. save that for later. Save that okay. for later. All right. I think. Yeah. E- okay, Evie talking about her knees, um, and and her joints. I mean, that is something that nobody's ever heard of before. There have been people that have asked questions about the ridges on her head, and she was able to just explain why that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. And she didn't seem. I guess the thing that made it work was one, it wasn't Todrick standing there. Two. She was very, I want to do what I can. I'm not willing to put my body at risk to do this. Mm-hmm. So tell me how we can modify this or this is what I'd like to do. Is that okay? It seemed like very much a back and forth negotiation. Yeah. Whereas I feel like in the past, like when you had, and I mean, you know, I know that she had knee surgery, but like Eureka was just kind of in that, well, I don't want to do any, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, where there was, there was a fear there. Whereas I feel like there was a fear there with Evie of possibly getting hurt, but she knew enough to say, the, this is what I have to do to take care of myself. Well, so. really quickly before we move on is Ariel. Ariel seemed to give up. Well, you know what? You know what this revealed? Everyone should know a little bit of production thing. And I think this is what we found out here in Elimination Day is so that the, typically what they do is they film, I think, two episodes a week. Okay. Two uh-huh. to three, they try and spend two to three episodes a week. But at a certain point, the crew has to have a weekend. So there is actually every two or three episodes a weekend where there's two days where the girls 
uh, are just off. And it could be in the yeah. middle of an episode. And I think they wisely did production that maybe after the rehearsal, there was that weekend, you know? Yeah. And so the girls had two days to practice their lines and practice their moves and practice their numbers in their hotel room uh, and get it get it together. Because it, w- it wouldn't make any sense that Ariel went from, I give up, I can't do this, to 12 hours later, 25 hours later. Now she's like, yeah, I practice, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. Go, okay. yeah, I practice my ass off in the in the... I'm assuming in her hotel room. Yeah. But yeah. That does make sense. If she had a couple of days, there was a lot of, it felt like a lot of the choreography though. They didn't use. Like, I don't remember all of them falling to the ground at one point like that. I think, I, don't... I think that the, I think that the pieces are longer than we know. Yeah. Or maybe Yana says, you know what? This falling isn't working. Let's rework it. But it was an interesting thing to keep in the show. Who knows? Yeah. All right, it's elimination day, and the girls are getting ready for the big shoe. Ariel is co- Ariel. Ariel is confident after spending some time practicing. Co- Colonel Silky uses sharpie marker to apply her eyebrows. Nina West was harassed in college for being gay, and Mercedes opens up as much as she can about her religion. Let's move on because obviously there's nothing to say here. And coming on Patreon, no Taylor, go ahead. What did you want to talk about here on elimination day? Clearly, you know what's so funny. Before you say anything, mm-hmm. I'm in California. You're in Florida, and right. we're watching the show at the same time. I'm watching the East Coast feed, you know, of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. This Nina West thing's happening. I don't know what you were doing. I could hear you putting the Vaseline on your dick and masturbating <laughs> all the way in California. No, really God, no. It was it, – it's I, – I, I, Nina is somebody – I like Nina. I really mm-hmm. like Nina. Nina would have been somebody I would have had a crush on mm-hmm. back in back in school. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, uh, you know who I would have had a crush on? I didn't want to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you. On Taylor's other show, Pot is My Co-Pilot, uh, on the cover, he put a picture of him and Rodan in college, I take it? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Rodan was so hot in college. <laughs> I was like, who is this? Can I go back in time? <laughs> but I think you said he was very popular, so I wasn't the only he one. Was very, well, yeah, I, he was a whore. But... Um, <laughs> He was he was very popular with with everybody when we would go out to bars, um, including Taylor. By the way, as we found out in one of the episodes of Pod is my co-pilot. Yes, Rodan and I had sex a couple of times, and it was not. And then Rodan got fat. That. That's all I'm going to say. Yes, yes, Rodan got fat. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Let's go with that. Yeah. Let's go with that. Rodan got fat. Yeah. Oh, Taylor said no, the same. It wasn't. It was. It was not. What is it? I heard today on one of the other podcasts. Sister Dick makes you sick. That's kind of what. <laughs> it was not a good. It just wasn't meant to be. We were we were supposed to be very good friends. We were not supposed to be partners. Yeah. Boyfriends, whatever you want to call it back yeah. then when you're like 22. Yeah. Um, it was the whole thing with Nina where Nino talked about being kind of not uh, threatened in uh, in school. I guess at one point she talked about the fact that this was the time of Matthew Shepard. And that's not long. That didn't happen long Um after I graduated, I was relatively a recent graduate of college when Matthew Shepard was attacked. And the fact that they had to do a Matthew Shepard was a college student and kind of go through a brief history lesson. There was part of me that thought, oh, my God, it's been that long since it's been 20 years since mm-hmm. he was since he was killed. And there is a generation of kids that watch this show that have no idea who Matthew Shepard is. Yeah. And it was that was a little upsetting and joe wants to date all of them but um 
In fact, that's one of the ways I can tell if I'm going to date you or not. If you know who Matthew Shepard is or Ryan White, I'm like, nope, get out. Yeah. <laughs> Put your clothes back on and get yeah. out. Um, so so in that regards, and and when Nina was talking about it, it didn't feel quite so um, fabricated. It didn't feel so like when Charlie Hydes was talking on, on her season yeah. about all of the friends and suddenly like burst into this like dramatic crying kind of thing it felt like where you could see nina was trying to like kind of hold back tears a little bit and um the same goes with mercedes talking about being muslim and and really kind of what we talked about oh i'm sorry yeah i, I want to add on what what's one of the people may not know this i don't know if they listen to our other shows or whatnot and one of the things we talked about you need to know this about nina west and they haven't made a big deal about it on the show is and i and it's why i bought into what nina was saying even more is nina has a history in her career of supporting these causes. She's a very politically uh, involved drag queen and, uh, and raises a lot of money for charity in Ohio. I think that's where she's based out of, right? Yeah. She, she does a lot of uh, uh, good. I think she even has a nonprofit or at least mm-hmm. raises a lot of money for a nonprofit. She really gives back to the community is very involved in giving back to the gay community. So I think that lends credence to what she says. It's not like, Oh, this happened. Uh, now nah, I don't even care. I don't work, help people. Like it's something that clearly it, it, she has a background in working in this area. Yeah. I mean, and she is, you know, part of the reason that I, my first job was working at an aid service organization and, and I've been involved in stuff was because I, I wanted to be involved with my community. I wanted to do something that was important to me when I got my bachelor's degree that I do something that helps other, particularly other gay men. Um, and at that time it was the mid nineties. So there wasn't, there wasn't LGBT centers or anything like that. Really. The, if you wanted to work primarily with gay men, unfortunately you went to an aid service organization and you work there. Mm-hmm. So that, that a lot of what she was saying, I was, I'm fortunate that I never had a situation where I was fearful for my life. Um, with the exception of like one thing that happened in college. And it wasn't that I was fearful. It was that I had, I, I got a random call one night in my dorm room from somebody saying that they wanted, they they thought I was, I was a, clearly a guy's voice and he thought I was really cute and he wanted to meet up someplace. And he never said, he never said his full name and I freaked out and I just kind of hung up the phone. And, and I always wonder me. what, and that person it was, was you. me. And I, always wonder if that was a one that, that could have in my head because everything is black and white with me apparently that could have either been where i met the love of my life or i could have decided to meet somebody and i could have got the shit beat out of me by like six guys in another dorm so that that's the closest and that's nowhere near we're going to get you we're on our way we're outside the door kind of thing i i recognize that but you know she and i are probably about the same age she's probably slightly younger um, than I am, or she is younger than I am. She's 37. So actually she's about 10 years younger than I am. But I remember what that's like li- being a gay man on a college campus. So I guess a little bit of talking about the projecting that we talked about earlier, um, maybe a little bit of that projected with me, which is why I responded so much to what Nina was saying. Have you ever been called the F word? Like, yes. Yes. New- I, I grew up in South Jersey. That, oh, yeah. but I meant, but I meant as a gay person, not like you know they call each other fag all the time. Just it could be they don't necessarily even think of what it means. But has anyone been? And that's why I used it there because I didn't mean that. But has anyone ever said like you're a homosexual? I'm calling you this word. 
yeah, it, it hasn't happened in a long time. Oh, I told and... you that yesterday in my room. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't tell you. I don't do it on the air with you. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I haven't. It, it, it doesn't. That word to me, I don't. I don't have the negative connotation to that word that I used to when I was in the closet. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I remember one time walking, I worked at the mall mm-hmm. when I was in high school and I remember, was I in high school or was I in college at this point? I Nobody wasn't been in high school. Nobody cares. And I no hold on. And there was these like five guys that I didn't know where I was walking past them. And one of them went like, Hey, come here. And I didn't know who they were. And I walked over cause I thought they had a question for me. And one of them goes, are you a faggot? <laughs> and I just kind of looked at well, them. Yes, no. I am, sir. <laughs> what can I do for you? <laughs> Let me pull out my now serving badge. You know, you can yeah. take each take a ticket. No, and I sure I remembered it. No, God, no, no. Oh. Late nineties, like heavy metal trash at the no, not not my jam. <laughs> but I just remember like immediately going, no, like denying who I was. And I remember I, obviously that happened twenty over twenty something years ago, and it still mm-hmm. bothers me. Yeah. Um I remember being in a car. I remember being in a line to go into tracks mm-hmm. in Tampa and somebody yelling. We were, there was a bunch of people standing in line and a guy yelling faggot out the window with everybody standing in line, like faggots sort of thing. And I remember the guy in front of me turned on and went, no shit, which made everybody laugh. And I feel like that was a moment for me to kind of recognize that, oh no, this is, this is being a faggot is not necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Being a faggot is a you you can wear that as a badge of honor. Yeah. So it doesn't really affect me the way that it did when I was younger. I'm sorry. You asked me a question and then I went on a five minute no, tirade. No, it, it's perfectly fine. Uh you want to talk about Mercedes, Iman Diamond and her religion. I actually still don't even know what we learned there. She was like, Okay, I'm going to open up. And then we, <laughs> <laughs> I, Okay, I am Muslim. And yeah. Like, okay. But well, it, but, but, I, yeah. but what she said, as far as the, what we talked about last week, is that you know she's realizing she doesn't really know anybody. It's probably very scary to start talking about something like that, mm-hmm. and then have people asking you questions very quickly. Mm-hmm. I can see where that would be very overwhelming. So she was a little bit more willing to open up. All right, very good. Only she didn't open up fast enough because she's out. Well, yeah. Um. Yeah, and I and I still get the sense that she was doing it under protest, or she figured out a way to. This is what I'll say. You know, it helped her yeah. shape the narrative. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was able to. She was able to take a step back and realize work it to her advantage. All right, very good. Well, if you enjoy this show, you might want to think about supporting it to help us keep the lights on. How can you do this? Support us over at Patreon.com. There, if you sign up at the $3 Eat It level, you receive a brand new podcast in your own personal feed six out of seven days of the week. I'm going to tell you, Taylor, you know, one of the shows is The Fat Camp. Have you been listening to that? Yes. Uh, This week's been very good, not food-wise, but I've, (laughs) you know, I have this Apple Watch now. Yeah. And uh, I tried adding you or doing a walkie-talkie with you the other day, and you denied me. But um, I don't have an Apple Watch anymore. What happened? I, I sold it back, or I took it back. Why? I didn't. Li- okay, the reason I took it back was I it wasn't it wasn't counting the steps like my Fitbit does. So I feel like the Fitbit I get more accurate steps, or I get more credit for steps one or the other. Um, the other thing was that in treatment, I had all of my apps set to give alerts. Mm-hmm. So I was constantly getting distracted by text messages. And when I got it, when I had it, I had CNN 
I was getting CNN alerts and it was right around the time of the election. So I was I was constantly distracted. It was too much of a distraction. For so me. instead of now, turning off notifications, you took the whole device back. Yeah, well, the, the main thing reason was for steps because we had a th- we had a wellness program at work, and the more steps you had, the more uh, points you earned. That's what you wanted, and I was getting more. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not going to wear a Fitbit and an Apple Watch because that would be stupid. So I just decided to just go back to my Fitbit. Anyway, I've had a good week. I've been uh, I've gotten all my uh, fitness goals in. Uh, and I want to share it with everybody. But anyway, uh, there's Fat Camp. There's this uh, the Pit Crew. There's how are you liking the Camp Wanakiki podcast? Uh, uh, Camp Wanakiki's okay. Camp no, Wanakiki's... Taylor, we're trying to sell Patreon. You used to say it's fantastic and great. Camp Wanakiki is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to hear. I love the new co-host with Lori. Yeah, He's I'm not. Man. I'm not on Camp Wanakiki, so that might be a, that might be a boon for people who want to hear it. Actually, uh, I will say that. Okay, and when I say this, you're going to take it the wrong way, but I kind of like that you're not on Camp Wanakiki. No, I like it too. I know what you're saying. I like hearing Lori with a different, um, with somebody else to bounce off of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she laughs at all his jokes hysterically. Oh, yes. No, she definitely laughs harder at his jokes than she does at yours. And I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> On top of that, you get access to live recordings and bonus content. For instance, this episode you're listening to now is actually about – actually, no, this is a lie here. It's about 20 minutes longer this week for our Patreon supporters. Not only that, they get the episode commercial-free. You know what? I don't understand about the commercials. Some of the episodes I download, I get commercials. Some of them I don't. Yeah, I don't I've noticed that too. Anyway, so what are you waiting for? Head on over to patreon.com slash drag race recap and sign up at the $3 level. That's how you get all the content. So that's right. That's patreon.com slash drag race recap. We'll be back right after this. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right, Taylor, and we're back. Uh, let's talk about Trump the Rusical. Okay, sounds good. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me about what your thoughts on Trump the Rusical were. Well, okay, we were talking about projecting earlier, um, talking about the whole Joel McHale thing and everything. Mm-hmm. And I recognize that anything about our current administration triggers me, much yeah. like the children like to say, anything involving like looking at him mm-hmm. if i it bothers me and if i am in where i'm listening to like cnn or something like that and it's where they'll say you know and then the president had this to say i will change the channel as soon as just because i taffy used to talk about president bush w bush mm-hmm. that she couldn't listen to it because he feels it just felt like she was constantly being lied to mm-hmm. and that's sort of the way i feel about this so while other than the brief cameo appearance that we got you never really had anything to do with him just every anything relating to him bothers me so even last week when they said trump the rusical i kind of let out a little groan and thought uh, i don't know if i'm gonna like this or not Mm -hmm. um i also don't get why so much of it was just lip-syncing uh dialogue instead of songs 
the songs were horrible. Oh, right? no, I'm not saying I wanted to hear more of the songs. Mm-hmm. I just meant it just seemed like there was a lot of just talking. And I don't know if that was to try to trip up the girls or what. I don't know. I don't think they know what the fuck they're doing with these rusicles. Because, yeah. um, one, why did they make it like a ripoff of Grease? Uh, like, it didn't need to be a takeoff on Grease. Because the songs sounded... I I had, like, literally for a lot of the songs go, like, what song are they doing? Oh, is that the song they're doing? Oh, is- no. I got, I got the point of reference of where they did the Grease Lightning song. That one was easy. Did- uh, they did the There's Worse Things I Could Do. But um, it took me a, a couple of lines before I realized that were, that's what they were doing. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, that one was a little bit more difficult. But some of the, some of them were a lot easier to recognize than others. But they all kind of had that sort of 70s style of 50s style of doo-wop music mm-hmm. behind. But with those horrible studio singers that do all the, do yeah, all the it, lip sync. It's, 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 it's one woman. Is it all just one woman Why, who does Historically, it? it was one woman. She could just do a bunch of different voices. Or it was like uh, one or two women. But you know what's funny is... Now, I don't know anything. Like, I don't know if you know this, Taylor, but I'm not a, an IP lawyer. <laughs> intellectual property lawyer. But uh, from what I do know from different stories that I've read, and also as, as I've, I think I've shared in the show before, if I were to have practiced law, I think I would have done IP law. I find it endlessly fascinating. Mm-hmm. But what I do know is... I don't think, and this is why I don't understand why they do this. I don't think they needed to rewrite the music. Like, I'll tell you a good example. Weird Al Yankovic is a perfect example. Weird Al Yankovic, because he's doing parodies, legally, technically doesn't have to change them. He doesn't have to ask for, for, for permission at all. Okay? Right. He just has to, he can just do the songs. Now, he has a personal code of ethics that he always needs to get the permission of the artist for himself before he'll do a parody. Okay. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't legally need to. Okay. So I don't understand why they just don't. Now they still would have to pay some sort of very minimal uh, licensing fee. That's already set. It's already a set. It's not, there's no negotiations. It's a set number for the yeah. person who wrote the music. But I would just pony up the dough and just use fucking grease lightning and worst things I could. There are worst things I could do and uh, hopelessly devoted and uh, beauty school dropout and just use them. Um, obviously, it can't be that expensive because people who make karaoke songs do it. You know. Yeah, but karaoke, you're not also releasing karaoke. The majority of people that do that aren't releasing karaoke onto a national platform. But like I said, they're doing it in a bar. Because of what they're doing, there's no, in other words, like for for instance, for Vogue, right? To play Madonna Vogue on the show, Mm -hmm. they actually have to negotiate what it's going to be because they're playing. So, in this is so weird, there's a difference between the actual publishing part and then the actual recording is a different thing. So it's Madonna's voice, it's that instrument, it's that song that we know, then they right. negotiate that, right? And they can negotiate up and down and blah, 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 blah. That's, you know? But to actually mm-hmm. just uh, play it, they can, yeah. just, they can just do it, you know? And so I don't understand why this is a set fee and they just have to pay it. So unless, unless, if you're an IP lawyer, please correct me. I just don't understand why they don't do it. 
or at least find or pay pay the extra money. We just know World of Wonders are cheap, and just find a composer who can do a somewhat. I was actually, you know, I just played the um, I just played while you while we were on a break. I played some of the music for uh, All Stars Two, and I for, this out of I'll just I'll just play this. And as I mentioned in the first response, the baddest bitches in history is the last thing that um. Lucian Piani wrote for the show, and you can okay. just tell, oh, this is so much better. Now you could say yeah. it's corny, and the lyrics were corny, and the singer's terrible, but the tunes—you remember the tunes. There's like a yeah. tune you can hum the tunes. You know, I'm gonna play like 30 seconds of one right now. Okay, okay. It was like 30 seconds of okay. one right now, which I'm legally allowed to do. Hey. It's me. Uh, it's Michelle Visage. Good girls yeah. may go to heaven, but bad girls rule the world. I'm not going to count this in 30 seconds. Well, who am I to judge? All right, here we go. Let's start counting 30 seconds right here. Listen to this. This is the first one right here. In the beginning, there were one, two, three. Already better than Greece. For me, sorry. Adam and me and my best friend Steve. They started making out in front of me. That's when I told them that they had to leave. Get out. But they took all the food from me except the apple on the tree. It was forbidden. God, are you kidding? Then the snake told me to bake an apple pie and not a cake. So well, I did it. I went and bit it. And then everything went to shit and I realized I was naked. Okay. Obviously doing Britney. Yeah. Right? And you can tell just from the music, but it's its own melody. It's catchy, you yeah. know. And you're like, "Oh, this is so much better than that." It's wa- it's a riff off of "I'm a Slave for yeah. You," mm-hmm. but it's it's not as where you don't go now. What song of this is hers? Mm-hmm. You know, but it's also not clearly where they just took the instrumental version. Yeah. Of it. Yeah, I, I, and look, I'm not saying Lucian Piano is the most talented person in the world. There are a lot of people in Los Angeles who are very talented. You know what? This job doesn't even need someone in Los Angeles. This person could be anywhere in the world, you know? Yeah. There are a lot of people, talented people all over the world who could easily do this and write. Look at the person who writes the Catching Up theme songs and writes, you know, for other things. Yeah, he, he writes super catchy music and it's just some guy in Britain, you know? Yeah. So, like, I don't understand why they don't – it must be a friend. It must, I don't know. I don't know who they're going to. That's terrible. It's awful, awful, awful. And the idea of Trump the musical is terrible. I don't know why they hired Joey Boohacker to come play uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> I did. We didn't think that was actually Ginger Minj. We thought they were making fun of somebody. We thought that was a shade towards Ginger. But then I saw a picture on Reddit today that no, that actually was Ginger Minj playing Trump. Yeah, I believed oh, it. I- yeah. No, it was terrible. All right, Taylor. Uh, I don't think there's really much to say about it beyond Evie was good. Um, but they made a point where like Evie was the only one that really took it and was negative about it. The other one, uh, this uh, Devangie looked more like Janine Garofalo than Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, I didn't get that other than Vangie in her Vangie voice kind of sounds like Rosie O'Donnell with the ah sort of thing. But she just sort of looked like a little lesbian little art school lesbian yeah yeah okay uh all right taylor now it's time for you know what time it is i'm just vamping till i get to the <laughs> the books for the, the looks. looks all right what yes. do we got for the looks 
So the theme last night on the episode was orange, but Rue came out and introduced that looking beautiful. I loved her look. I love when she wears very flowy stuff, and I thought her hair was great. I also noticed, and I don't know if this was done on purpose or not, but the colors of the dress were the colors of the trans flag. Oh, interesting. Pink, light blue, and I believe, now that I just said that out loud, I might be wrong. But just and we very, all know that RuPaul's a big friend of the trans community. Yes, yes. So that's why I was saying those. Maybe that was a way of kind of. Do, I don't know, uh-huh. but I just I thought she looked really pretty. I liked the hair parted to the side. There was kind of that weird dip right where the wig connects to the head and then yeah. goes out to the hair. That's always been uh, a problem with Delta. Delta can't do that. I don't know why. Right, but well, it, it seemed pretty severe last night. But mm-hmm. all right, so we're going to talk about the top three and the bottom three and their looks. Okay, um, for the week. Sure. Uh, the theme was orange. I loved. There were very few looks on this that I did not like. I okay. thought everybody looked really, really pretty. I agree. Um, first up, let's talk about Evie. Evie came out with what looked like to be an orange peel on her head, and she sort of was doing a circus clown ode. Um, mm-hmm. It was original. It was. I know that we've sort of seen clown before, but the fact that she incorporated the the cream. Uh, the creamsicle kind of look with the white and the orange was really, really pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought her makeup, I loved the hat, the way it even had the little texture of an orange rind in it. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very strong look from her. I give this look a toot. Okay, very good. All right. So next up, we had Silky Nutmeg Ganache, who came out in a long orange dress um, slowly. That was funny, them making fun of the fact that she was walking as slow as she was. Yeah. Um, I thought she looked beautiful. I thought it was probably the best that we've seen her look all season. Mm -hmm. Her hair looked great. Makeup was really great. She looked very elegant and beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I definitely give this look a boot, a toot as well. A toot. All right. Toot for Silky Nutmeg Ganache. All right. So then next up, we had the other of the top three that we couldn't remember earlier would be Brooklyn Heights. And Brooklyn Brooklyn came out in this awesome, very much inspired by the fifth element um, as, as her words. Which, ironically, because Bruce Willis is the one that wears the orange. Mm-hmm. The other one, uh, Mila Jovovich, Jovovich. I never saw anything past the third element. Oh, shut up. Um, anyway, she came out in kind of where there was various straps with little silver boots and this great vinyl purple see-through like trench coat with the huge collar. And she had her hair slicked back. Super sexy. Mm-hmm. Super sci-fi. I was living for it. I thought she looked great. Um, definitely big, big, big toot for me on that one. Big toot. I agree with you, Taylor. All right. So let's talk about the final three. Uh, oh, the bottom the three. bottom three. Oh, God. All oh, right. God. So first up that I have is Vanessa Vanjie Mateo, who came mm-hmm. out in a corset with uh, with the glitter on her chest. And she had a large um, collar that looked very showgirl, very, um, very, uh, yeah, very, very much Vegas showgirl. White hair with uh, orange streaks in it. I thought the makeup with the hair looked great. They, I was not a fan of this look. Mm-hmm. I, it felt very busy, which is ironic to say, considering it's orange, which is the loudest color of all the colors, mm-hmm. with the possible exception of yellow. Mm-hmm. But there was this was not this was sort of a misstep for me on Vanjie. So I'm going to give this look a boot. You know, I liked it, but I think I agree with Michelle Wasage. Uh, that uh, we're okay. We've seen this look before three times of the bodysuit with the chest and the glitter. Like, let's do mm-hmm. something new. And you can see her doing the math in her head where she's like, I already brought my outfits. <laughs> here. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
So next up was Raja O'Hara, who came out in a, I don't like, kind of like, I don't know what you would like chaps with, with orange mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and she had a little short. I, don't, I I can see the look in my head. I just don't know how to describe it. I know there was a heart on her ass. Um, and well, I'm looking at it right now. Okay. And it was, it was fun. I actually really liked it. The thing that bothered me, I think was the one sleeve that was sort of like a snap on sleeve yeah. when she was lip sync, slip syncing that it was flying around all over the place was distracting. Mm-hmm. But as far as the look goes, I I actually really like this. I would give this look a toot. Uh, yeah, it's a good look. It had like a superhero vibe to it, right? I'm looking at a picture of it. Yeah, they were talking about very Diana Ross. Mm-hmm. I think very Diana Ross, like mm-hmm. after she left the Supremes. Mm-hmm. Um, she sort of went through that phase where she had really, really short hair. Yeah. Uh, the last look was Mercedes, who came out very much like a circus pony girl. That's sort of what that looked like to me. And I agreed with the judges completely in that I thought from the neck up, this was the prettiest we have seen Mercedes all season. She looked very beautiful, super, super fish. Um, the bottom down, mm-hmm. it was boring and not flattering because she kind of has a little bit of a tummy on her. Yeah. And I thought that the, the lines, particularly the Chevron style of the lines, mm-hmm. did nothing to complement that. Mm-hmm. It was it was not good from got not good from the waist down. Interesting. So a boot oh, for a me boot on that. For you. Oh, a boot. Well, okay, you know what? I'm going to give her a newt. A newt. Because I thought that she looked so pretty from the neck up. So I have changed my boot to a newt. Okay, now you said that there might be one or two extra looks you wanted to talk about. Do you have them right now? or? Um, well, I, I would talk about probably all of them if I could. Uh, I would no. give. I would. Okay, then I would just say who I would give toots to. Yeah. I loved Nina's look, the the ode to Barbara Streisand and Hello Dolly. Okay. I loved. I thought Plastic TR looked so pretty with that red hair and the butterfly outfit. And while it was not necessarily executed great as far as the skirt, I liked Scarlett's look. Though I hate Scarlett the way Scarlett does her eyebrows. She does her eyebrows way too far, like where they're almost on the sides of her head yeah. rather than over her eyes. And I think that does nothing but make her look more mannish. It's so funny because all your extra toots are on the very bottom of uh, the Reddit, what they liked. They're like, people didn't like them. I don't know why. I mean, don't ever I trust don't Reddit. People... Now I know, but I'm trying to think who else was there. So there's still so many queens. I know. That's why I'm like, ugh, don't you six. Um, All right. Well, that was the looks. Thank you, Taylor, for keeping that short because everyone should know Taylor took like a half hour break to deal with something in his house. That, that, felt shorter than having to sit through the looks. <laughs> All right. I thought on, I went through them really quick. On the main stage, Joel McHale is doing everything in his power to push every one of Michelle Visage's buttons. After the deliberation, Silky Nutmeg Ganache is named the winner of the challenge, despite some very high praise for Evie Oddly. We'll talk about that. Raja O'Hara and Mercedes Iman Diamond are placed in the bottom two and forced to battle in a lip sync number for their lives. The song Living in America by James Brown, which is a very odd choice. Mercedes forgot some words and Raja done flipped her wig, but in the end, Raja was told Shantae you stay, while Mercedes Iman Diamond was asked to sashay away Taylor Latte Boy. Any final thoughts on the episode? Well, okay. Silky winning was not a shock. Mm-hmm. 
Silky's reaction to winning was a shock. But consider when you take this, when you dovetail this with with Untucked mm-hmm. and what we've seen of Silky over the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. she was super subdued. Mm-hmm. She was super gracious. Mm-hmm. She was super very, I would say, elegant. Mm-hmm. And it's so not, even like when she was talking with the other queens, when she was talking with Vanessa and she was at, like, or Vanessa was convinced she was going to have to lip sync and she was really supportive of her and everything. Mm-hmm. It was such such a difference. I was expecting when I saw the response when she won, I said I said to Babalu, oh, something happened in Untucked. Mm-hmm. Somebody somebody got oh, up in her I see feelings sure. about huh? things. But it never really presented that way. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if maybe she was feeling particularly beautiful. So maybe she was deciding she was going to be the lady. Do you or... think she felt humbled because she had thrown such a fucking fit because she wasn't Shandy? <laughs> and then uh, she realized, oh, they were right? Maybe, maybe that's it. I don't know. I don't know. So that was that was something that I said to myself when I watched. I'm like, mm, I'm gonna have to remember to talk about this tomorrow. What were your thoughts on this, Tiffany New York Pollard? Um. Well, I know that she is in life from the little bit I know about her, kind of extra. Mm-hmm. But she also seemed to be a big fan of the show. One thing yes. that I like is that they're getting people that seem to really be, you know, she said she cried when they called her and said, do you want to co-host? I could see that being, you know, you, you can see that with some of them that they're such big fans of the show and mm-hmm. they get the show mm-hmm. that that's fun to watch as a viewer. Mm-hmm. Um, again, they bring her back in the back for like the last couple of minutes and she was super all up in it. And I, it's, uh, that's not fun for me to watch. My thought is I have a theory. Yeah, go ahead. That this cast, it, I have a fifth feeling that they have done this in previous seasons, where where the uh, where the judges come back and talk with them, mm-hmm. and I think that usually there is enough going on that they can do a full half hour and not have to depend on whether it's Bobby Moynihan or it's Tiffany New York or mm-hmm. it's Miley Cyrus, whatever it is. But I think that this group. As we've mm-hmm. talked about, they're becoming more and more self-aware. They're not giving them enough to work with in Untucked. Mm-hmm. So they're they're depending on, well, they figure if nothing else, we have 10 minutes of them coming back in that we can play with. Mm-hmm. So they're utilizing that more. Because really, there was only one or two other times. I remember Lady Gaga came back. And I feel like somebody else has come back at some point and, and talked about how much they enjoyed the performances. But we well, see Lady this Gaga, every single time. Lady Gaga specifically came back with notes. That she right. Had and that those. and that was that was fun because she is somebody that I you know, I mean, this is not gonna come to shock to anybody. I I love Lady Gaga because Lady Gaga seems to want to better art. And I think mm-hmm. that she sees this as art, not just men in wigs. Mm-hmm. And she wants this she wants people to be elevated as much as they can. So now, I they, love I love her for that. They they were they were to, to steal what you were going to say right now. They were Gaga, so to speak, over Evie's outfit. They thought she did a good job on the. They thought she did a great job on the challenge. Why do you mm. think she didn't win? Um, that I don't know. That I don't know. Honestly, I remember. Oh, I I remember Silky more mm-hmm. between the two mm-hmm. because I think Silky stood. You know, a lot of what Evie did, Evie was in with other people. Mm-hmm. 
you know, Silky would had her own thing by herself and why some of the other queens were behind her in the background. She was in the foreground. I know that Evie had the one song, mm-hmm. which kind of got down on the ground and she spread her legs. But that's the only part I remember of that song, mm-hmm. was I remember Oprah kind of coming out and and singing her song and 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 doing the silly dances and 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 that kind of thing. So maybe that's why Silky got a, a leg up, so to speak, on Evie. I see. All right. Now, uh, what did, do you think that the correct two people were in the bottom? Rosh O'Hara and Mercedes Iman Diamond. Would you say they were the correct people to be in the bottom? No. Oh, for, really? I, for, I agree for the, the correct. For, okay. For the performances? Mm-hmm. No. For the series as a whole? Yes. Okay. Who, who for the performance in Trump the Rizical should have been in the bottom? Vanjie. Oh, you thought that. Well, Vanjie, she was in... She was in she was in the bottom three. She was in the bottom three. They recognize her. She's got a little ways to go now before she's going to have to really lip sync for her life. But do, and I think that would have been an obvious to everybody watching. There's no way they're going to send Vanjie home. This against you, Mercedes. Do you think they were worried about a Valentina moment where Valentina, they probably thought Valentina, okay, Valentina is going to fucking just drop the bomb on Nina and she, we're going to send Nina home. Maybe and they, and they were like, "Fuck that bitch!" She just ruined yeah. it. So maybe they didn't want to even put Vanjie in danger because she's such good television in a cast exactly. that's kind of not very interesting. Exactly. Interesting. I, I, did she deserve to be in the? Does a lip sync for her life this week? Absolutely. And this is somebody who's become a Vanjie convert. Mm-hmm. I I really. But you figure she's great with the quips. She's great with the one liners. She's got this thing going on with Brooke, mm-hmm. which I want to ask you about. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I, as I said last week, I'm I'm kind of here for it. It's I I don't know. I think that we're going to get some more mileage out of this. Um, the, the whole thing of them kind of kissing off to the side. You said something last week where you said that Brooke is clearly a little bit more aggressive about it than Vanjie is, and that was very clear in Untucked. Mm-hmm. That was very clear in Untucked, where she pretty much at one point, like Vanjie's clearly like in her head. And Brooke kind of walks over and is like trying to kiss her. Yeah, no, it, sort it's, of thing. Every, Brooke, Brooke is basically claiming her territory, and yeah. like she's always like, "Oh, are we really talking? Oh, I, I knew this question was going to come in the confessional. Do we really talk about it?" I'm like, "Bitch, you don't have to kiss right there." Yeah. Why do you have to kiss right there and untuck when the cameras are on? There's so many opportunities to kiss. Taylor. Is there though? Because I don't think they really get to fraternize outside of the cameras. You and I kiss when the camera when the camera and the podcast are on. <laughs> but that's different. We just kiss our ca- our cameras yeah. on the screen. Uh huh. So we kiss with our minds. Um. Okay. And what? And now here, let's talk about this. What did you think of the choice of the lip sync song "Living in America" by James Brown? I do not get that at yeah, I don't get it at all. all. That was such a weird. As soon as it started, I went, "What?" That, that that that's just an odd. I get when they've done songs in the past like Love Shack or Elton John gay. because it's gay. Gay, yes, it is. You, you're you're performing gay male. James Brown was not a gay man, and the guy from YMCA, he wasn't gay. But obviously, the village people are gay icons. Like yes, I, that is true. I agree with the gay iconic male, right? Yeah, but James Brown is a was a straight, very straight. Uh, man, the song's not about being gay. It was a very, very odd choice. It wasn't like you could see them doing that in the episode of the third season with Bam. And, you know, I want yeah. you to come home, baby. And a yeah. freaking tra- like that where yeah. they were doing the USA. That 
is different. But mm-hmm. this had nothing to do with that, other than the fact that Trump's the president. I can, now that I just said that out loud, mm-hmm. I guess and the that person, makes a little bit of sense. the person who shouldn't have won won. I yeah. Uh You have the Republican win, and oh, you, and okay. they and they sent home a Muslim. <laughs> The Trump the musical, they sent him a Muslim, a Republican wins, and it wasn't even the person that was that everybody else wanted to win. Oh my god. I Look didn't come you. up with no 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 don't Reddit. That's, okay. That's 100% Reddit pointed that out. Well, okay. Yikes. Do you think they <laughs> saved Mercedes for Trump the musical to send her? No, home? no. No. I think I think that when Mercedes openly talked about being Muslim mm-hmm. and they realized they had gotten as much juice out of that as they could, mm-hmm. she pretty much was writing her ticket home. And and when you watch Untucked, after she leaves the stage, the weight that has come off her shoulders, it oh, is clear yeah. she is thrilled to be out of there. Yeah. She realized she, she shouldn't have been on there. Right. She she knows now that she is she's either dodged a bullet or she doesn't have to worry about this anymore or whatever it is. I mean, she was especially when you compare it to last week when Honey like was crestfallen and was mm-hmm. just fetal at one point yeah. on the side to where we're just going, oh, it's the workroom. I'm saying goodbye yeah. to the workroom one last time and laughing the whole time she's saying it. It was like, <laughs> okay, either you've had a psychotic break or you this is relief. We're seeing relief. By the way, yeah. realized last night for the first time when she said Oh, this is the, you know, I'm saying goodbye to the workroom and it says W-E-R-K behind her in neon. Yeah. It never occurred to me workroom until oh, last really? night. Yeah. Oh. So I'm an idiot. Well, come on. We've known that for years. Um, now, you know what's so funny is uh, I had another point I wanted to make. Oh, I know what it was because the last time we were able to mention it, it came up again this episode. Well, no one brought it up this episode, but it, it hit me like... Yeah, she's slow because she had a stroke. I don't know why they're like, oh, she doesn't get what's going on. And she's slow. I'm all, yes, she had a stroke. Her brain process is slower than the rest of us because she had a stroke. And I don't want to, like, RuPaul's even like, are you okay? Yeah. Like, and you're like, yeah, she had a stroke, RuPaul. Remember when you secretly had a heart attack in season three? Maybe we don't <laughs> always want to talk about that. All right. Well, that concludes this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. Want to share your thoughts about Drag Race? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Drag Race Recap. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap. For bonus content and to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash dragracerecap. Taylor has his own podcast. It's called Pod Is My Copilot, and you can find it at podismycopilot.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor on Twitter and Instagram at PIMC Taylor. Follow Joe Batance on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batance. That's B E T A N C E. The outro music was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. You can find Alex Lefebvre on Instagram at Alex Lefebvre Music. 
To find all of our old episodes, visit our website at dragracerecap.com. You can also find other Afterthought Media shows like Hello Uglies at hellouglies.com and Catching Up at catchinguppodcast.com. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media production.